What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back with another episode of the Act, Protect, Engage podcast. The best podcast out there on the Second Amendment and self-defense as a whole. We represent the people. We're here for you guys. We're here to present really, really interesting things. Interesting topics related to self-defense, martial arts, and shooting. But we're here to offer it in a way that is easily understandable and accessible to everybody. God bless you guys. Alright, alright. The beats, the music is all custom. Okay, guys, all custom. They are created by my childhood friend, Organic Dope, Mr. Organic Dope, an up-and-coming producer from my city, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, PA, all right? Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Ape Academy Podcast. Ooh, that was kind of a spooky beat, huh? Kind of like Halloween. That's what I was going for. Like a Halloween-type beat? Excuse me. I'm talking a lot. A Halloween type beat. Uh, you know, Michael Myers feel. Halloween type feel. You know, we're close to holidays. Um, you know, I always tell my wife, I'm like, once it hits Halloween, it's pretty much downhill straight to Christmas. It's so sad. Uh, Halloween is actually like my second fa- uh, favorite holiday. I like Christmas first, and then I like Halloween. I love Halloween. It's just cool. It's just the atmosphere. The creativity that you see out there in the costumes and the kitties coming. You know, actually, I've been in Houston for five years now, and I've gotten, like, two trick-or-treaters, which is sad. I live in a neighborhood now. Last year, we had one person, and it came at, like, 930. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I gave him, like, one piece. Of- My wife was like, why would you only give him, like, two pieces of candy? We had a whole bucket. I was like, oh, crap. I was being cheap. I forgot that he was, like, the only one for that day, so... Hope you guys are having a great week so far. Thank you for joining us. I think it's Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Women's Crush Wednesday. Blah, blah. Women's Crush Wednesday. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Mimi. She is the VP of Operations of Ape, so she does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I appreciate her very much. She allows me to come into my beat studio, which is where we are now, to record my super duper cool podcast. Thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, today I believe it's episode nine. I don't know. I can't. I lost track already. And uh, we're doing a series where we ha- are discussing the statistics of gun violence and gun ownership, and it's really a taboo topic because it's really, really um, inflammatory and heated, right? There's a lot of opinions out there, and they're usually like on opposite sides of the spectrum. Okay. So the last two episodes. We dealt with the conservative or conservative leaning side, aka, you know, GOP, Republican side, the pro gun side, pretty much, in a nutshell. <clears throat> um, and so we did those the last two episodes, and this and the next two, we're going to do the quote unquote liberal side. So my sources, so I, I did some research, I did a lot of research for this uh, podcast, and my source for the liberal side is Amnesty International. So the reason why I decided to do an international source was because I kind of wanted to give you guys a, a, a feeling of what the world and the liberals in America think about guns. Okay, so they did they broke down guns in the United States 
Um, and they also talk about gun violence as a whole as a global kind of a problem. But we're going to focus obviously on the USA because the world is too, way, way too big of a topic. And honestly, guns are way worse than other countries in here. So we're going to start with that. Okay. So today's episode, episode nine, America's love affair with guns, the left's viewpoint, why they believe that gun violence is spiraling out of control. Okay. So it should be a really, really cool discussion. And, um, we're going to get started, man. We're going to get started. So, so what are we, what are we talking about? So the conservative side pretty much was this, right? The conservative side was okay. You know, there's a lot of guns in this country. Granted, there are a ton of guns, but guess what? Guns aren't the problem. Okay. Guns aren't the problem. And all the, all the, all the uh, gun death statistics that you liberals quote, they're mostly suicides. And they're mostly concentrated in certain areas. And those areas are usually run by Democrats, right? That's, that's the big conservative thing. That's their stick, right? Their stick is, well, the more, gun control, the, the more gun control that exists in an area, the worse the gun violence is because the, the uh, ordinary citizens are not armed. It's much, much harder to get guns for ordinary law-abiding people to defend themselves, defend their businesses, defend their homes, defend their family, than it is to for criminals who would normally have them anyway. But now they're going up against defenseless civilians. Okay, so that's the conservative argument. That's pretty much the crux of the conservative argument is that. Okay, it's that center point. Is that it doesn't matter how many guns are out there, right? Because that's not the point. The point is that the government, too much government control allows crime to get out of control, right? Does that make sense, right? So too much government control equals more crime. Less government control, more freedom of autonomy with state by state allows the states to focus on their their specific problems and address their problems rather than federal control of everything, which makes it hard. All that does is make it harder for average citizens, okay? So... If you want more details, I have all the stats and all that cool stuff we went over last time. We went over a bunch of stats. Um, yeah, you can go back in the last two podcasts and check it out. It's pretty good stuff. Okay, guys? Thank you very much. All right, let's get it popping. All right, so we're talking about gun violence in the USA. This is all according to Amnesty International. Now, I think, I'm, no, I think, I know, I know this is going to be at least two parts. Okay, so because I don't want to blab on over womp, 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 over and over at minute after minute. So I like to keep my podcast tight and concise, right? So about 30 to 45 minutes should do it for today, part one. Okay, so gun violence in the USA, according to Amnesty International. This is a direct quote. We are quoting them, okay, from our research. Quote. Among wealthier developed countries, the USA is an outlier when it comes to firearm violence. Is it really? U.S. governments have allowed gun violence to become a human rights crisis. Wide access to firearms and loose regulations lead to more than 39,000 men, women, and children being killed with guns each year in the United States. 
On average, more than 360 people in the USA are shot every day and survive at least long enough to get to the hospital. Okay, so this is like the opening paragraph of Amnesty International's analysis of guns in the USA. Okay, that is a a direct quote from them. I'm not making this up, guys. So what are we going to do today? All right, I just read that. And the question kind of pops up, right? What you guys are probably wondering is, Why am I reading this and what are we going to do in this podcast today? Well, the last two podcasts I did a conservative side. This is the liberal side. And what I want to do is I kind of want to just go over what some folks on each side think. And then I'm going to discuss it from my perspective. Because like I told you guys in the first one, in the uh, part one, I've come from both sides of the fence. Right? I grew up in a, a liberal household that was not a fan of guns. Right? I didn't even shoot a gun until I joined the army, went to basic training. And then after that, I became, you know, a real advocate of second amendment. And I've been around, you know, military folks, police guys. Um, and I've been living in the South for a while. So I've been around guns a lot. So it's kind of, I get the best of both worlds. Well, not the best, but I get both worlds. Okay. So I just kind of want to discuss my perspective on things. And I know you guys have your own and I don't know, maybe who cares about my perspective, but I think I kind of have a unique balance of both. Plus, there's a lot of good stats that I've been presenting. Okay, so that paragraph was interesting. Okay, so it said um, the U.S. governments have allowed gun violence to become a human rights crisis. Okay, well, I think there's a lot bigger human rights crisis crises in America than gun violence. Okay, okay I, first of all, let's talk about poverty. Let's talk about uh, the life in certain areas of the United States that are outside of the wealthy areas, okay? I'm not just talking about urban. I'm talking about rural communities as well, okay? We're talking Appalachia. A lot of these communities where industry has left, okay? So people say U.S., uh, well, not people. MC International said U.S. has allowed gun violence to become a human rights. We haven't allowed anything. I mean, the problem is, you know, the economics of a lot of these these very, very poverty, violence-stricken areas, the economics are poor. The education is poor. Education is a human rights crisis in America, okay? <laughs> human, you know, health access to health care, reliance on government services. There is an over-reliance on the federal safety net in this country and it has bred this cycle right interdependence on the government cycle after cycle generation after generation and I'm not talking just people of color in, in, uh, in communities in the urban areas I'm talking about outside the urban areas as well in the foothills of Ohio where the opioid crisis is just smashing on the pieces you know uh, same thing with Pennsylvania Ohio Pennsylvania the, uh, the uh, coal country in West Virginia, you know, there's it, not just, ur- there's a myth out there that only the urban areas are affected by poverty. That's not true. It just happens that the urban areas have a much higher population density or density. So the violence is more um, noticeable, way more noticeable, okay, and more uh, prevalent because people are on top of each other and they're poor, okay? So, the U.S. government has allowed gun violence. Gun violence is a a consequence of bad policy, right? That's been passed down from president to president to president. Okay, our gun laws are not the reason for the gun violence. 
There's other reasons. All right. And, you know, they say 39,000 men, women, and children have been killed with guns. Killed with guns. See, you, 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 know, you got to look carefully at people's use of language and use of words because words matter. You know, people, you, know, you ever heard that uh, phrase when you were a kid? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, they can if they're used as weapons, right? If they're, if they're manipulated and twisted and kind of used in subtle ways. And, and you know, they're very, very smart, whoever wrote this, because what it does is it, it makes the gun the bad guy, right? Have been killed with guns, killed with guns. Okay, well, they've killed themselves, yes, and they have used firearms, what about all the other causes of violent death? But they don't go into that. They just talk about guns. If you're going to talk about guns, let's balance everything out, okay? They say 39,000 men, women, and children have been killed by guns each year. A lot of those are suicides. Huge, huge percentage are suicides, okay? So it's important to remember that as well. They should have put that stat in there right away. Okay. So, in 2017, another direct quote, some 39,773 have died from gunshot injuries, an average of nearly 109 per or each day. Per capita, this is this, this is significantly higher than in any other industrialized industrialized country. Firearm homicides in the USA disproportionately, my goodness, I can't talk, impact communities of color and particularly young black men. Okay. Well, we have a lot more people than most countries, most industrialized countries, and we actually have something that's called the Constitution. So what they're, what they're saying is, oh, there's more gun violence, more gun homicides per capita. Well, first of all, a lot of those countries don't really have guns floating around like we do, okay? They don't allow guns. A lot of countries are very, very restrictive on firearms, okay? And the ones that, that do allow them have very, very, very small populations and very, very tight control, okay? Well, it depends, I guess, on who you ask, but we have something that's called the Constitution, right? So that allows us to be armed. A lot of these countries don't have constitutions like that, okay? So to say we have a higher... Uh, homicide rate per capita than most industrialized nations. We aren't like most industrialized nations. Okay, we are bigger. We have a constitution and a very defined constitution that uh, that gives the citizens rights, provides them rights. Okay. Um, our government is not as controlling as some of these other countries. All right, some countries. I mean, their government wants to control everything, like like United Kingdom, like England. You can't do anything. You can't have anything. They wanted. I think they were talking about doing a knife ban. I think <laughs> I had heard something about how they were thinking about banning knives in England, like knives, like carrying a knife. So I mean, yes, I. I you can't. This is the thing. You can't look at United States problems in a vacuum, and not look at the world. Like, like they want to look at the problems in a vacuum. Right, our problems in a vacuum, devoid of any other countries. Right, but then they want to compare us to the entire world, so they're trying to do both at the same time. 
They're trying to isolate us, but also compare us, which is a weak argument. If you want to compare us, compare us, actually lay out, okay, other industrialized nations. Okay, let's take Great Britain. Let's take Sweden. Let's take Israel. Let's, all, let's compare them to the United States. And even, I don't even like that, but it, they don't even bother to do that. Okay, they're just going off the straight, like the numbers just on a piece of paper. But there's a lot of factors that play into it. Just like I said about the conservative side, they also should, <laughs> they can't have their cake and eat it too. They have to acknowledge the differences between the countries. It's really important to do that on both sides. It says um, fire, uh, firearm homicides in the USA disproportionately impact communities of color, particularly young black men. Okay. So it's important to note that most of these gun deaths, gun homicides occur in urban communities. So we talked about this before, right? These communities are affected by a lot of things, okay? Guns, gun violence is an offshoot. Gun violence is an unfortunate side effect of a lot of failed policies. And conservatives would say, they would say, well, hmm. If there's more homicides in the urban areas and they affect people of color disproportionately and they also have the strictest gun control laws and they're also governed by the other party, what is the problem here? What does that equal? <laughs> does that make sense? Like, if gun violence affects African American communities so much, Right? What else do we need to change? Is taking away guns? Is, is restricting guns even more going to stop the violence in African-American communities that are, that are plagued by crime, by economic hardship, by lack of uh, educational resources? Is taking guns away going to stop crime? Or are they just going to use something else? Or are they just going to find guns or steal guns from other communities and bring them back into the... Uh, minority communities we gotta think about that like once again when we're looking at statistics okay we cannot look at them in isolation and I know like this you know stats are you know their numbers are crunching numbers and they're just looking for particular things I get that but as a historian as a person who studies history and loves history wars don't happen in vacuums regime changes don't happen in vacuums even religions, even conversions, when countries are converted to a religion, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's other factors that play in, in, in those events, just like there's other factors that play in these statistics. So they have, they're, they're you know, statistically correct, but they, they don't look beyond just the numbers on the paper for their purposes. All right, that soapbox is over. The USA lacks measures, this is a quote, the USA lacks measures such as a National Firearms Registry. No way, Jose, that is called totalitarianism. <laughs> Plus, when you, okay, so when you buy, when you go to a store, let's just say, in, you know, down here we got Dick Sporting Goods, we have Academy Sports, okay, those are two of the major sporting goods stores down here in Texas. You go, you fill out an application, right? FBI, you know, does a background check, ATF, all that stuff. 
you put your name, your address, give your ID. Has to be you know the state you're you know currently in, unless you're um, a military, unless you're active duty military, then you need your military ID and your orders. Um, you fill it out. Okay, you you know you pick out the gun you want. You fill it out. They run the check. Boom, the check comes back. You know they do the whole background check. It might take anywhere from a day to 20 minutes. My wife is clean as a whistle. It takes her about freaking five minutes. It takes me like sometimes. It, it, sometimes I get deferred and they have to call me back the next day. But sometimes it takes. You know it might take like 45 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. It comes back, it's good, it's clean. Boom. So when you do that, then the the clerk at the store, you know, he does his part. He writes down a serial number. He tracks the sale. So they already are tracking the sale. Okay. Like initial, the initial sale. So technically, I mean, that's not a registry, but the ATF is tracking all the serial numbers. Okay. And what they want, what Amnesty International is suggesting is every single gun owner puts their name in a database with <laughs> how many guns they own, where they live, when they got like, the government need, doesn't need to know that. That's none of their business how many guns you have. I mean, they could probably already figure that out anyway, but that's none of their business, okay? Like, we don't need government control over everything in our lives. We already have government control enough, but that's my personal opinion. I'm just saying a gun registry is a no-go for uh, pro-gun folks. Um, I don't. I think some of the, uh, liberals, uh, the liberal side, they think that it's not a big deal. Like, they just look at it as... Okay, well, it's a way to track these guns, so you know you don't throw up to a homicide and it's an un, you know, a gun that's untraceable or doesn't have a serial number. But if there's if if they find a gun without a serial number that's scratched off or whatever, it, a firearm registry wouldn't help anyway. So I don't know. Uh, that just sounds like a way to control people, honestly. Because if there's if they're saying, right, that they want a, a registry and that will help reduce gun crime. That won't help reduce anything. It's just a way to track people. Man, I am ranting today. Sorry, guys, but I'm trying to present these facts the best I can without getting too heat, uh, you know, heated up. All right. Hmm. Okay. So they say, you know, I'm not going to go through this. Quote: There, there is no nationwide uniformity in laws governing the carrying of firearms in public, and in some states. There are no laws at all. Okay. 12 states allow individuals to carry concealed weapons in public without any license or permit. And 30 states allow the open carrying of a handgun in public without any license or permit. Okay. So it says there are... <laughs> There are there is no national national uniformity in laws governing the carrying of firearms in public. Uh, yes, there are laws that govern the f carrying of firearms in public. There is uniformity, actually. There's a, there's a few things you cannot have on your record to own a firearm. You cannot. Let me just name a few. Okay, you can't have a certain type of felony. All right, domestic violence. Uh, you know, along those lines, okay, murder, aggravated robbery, robbery, attempted murder, things along that those lines, okay, manslaughter, stuff like that. You can't have a, a mental illness, okay. 
you can be have been dishonorably discharged from the military. Okay. On and on and on. Okay. So there's those are just three main ones. So that right there just proves that there's no nation nationwide uniformity. Yes, there is. You you have to be at least eighteen or older to own a rifle, twenty one and older to own a pistol. Right? To go buy one. That's another law. Okay. So to say that there's no natural uniformity is not true. Our country is broken up into states. A lot of um a lot of the European countries are broken up into counties or whatever they are, but we, each individual state has its own set of laws. A lot of countries don't have that. A lot of countries just have one central government, and that government kind of sets law for all the territories. In America, the federal government obviously sets federal law, and then there's state law, okay? So for most ordinary citizens, you're living by state law. You know, pretty much for the most part, day-to-day lives, you're living state law. Local law, even you know, city law, you know what I mean. It goes down from state, it goes federal, state, county, uh, city, and then if, say you live in an even even smaller sub district or whatever. That's kind of how it goes. So there's multiple laws on multiple levels that make sure that we try to keep firearms at as as many of the wrong people's hand as possible. Now it's literally impossible to stop everything. But at least when you walk in that store, when you walk in that academy, and you are not qualified, you cannot buy it, you will not walk out with it. I remember, if you guys ever, uh, <laughs> you guys ever freaking um, heard of uh, Kodak Black, the rapper? I don't know if you guys heard of him. He's from Florida. Um, I think he's from Miami. I'm not sure. but So he's a multiple-time felon, right? And uh, he's kind of a bonehead sometimes, and he... <laughs> He decided, so he was already on parole or something like that. Felt for, he had just gotten out. He goes, this this knucklehead goes to the store, fills out an application to buy a gun, and then falsifies his information, and they find out that he's a felon, and he goes back to jail. For, he goes back to jail for doing that. Like, I don't understand why he didn't get his homie, his security, to buy a gun, and then, and then if he wanted to protect himself, like, if you're a felon with certain felonies, you cannot buy a firearm. Do not try it. You will violate whatever parole, probation you're on, and you will go back to jail. They will find you. The dogs will come and get you at night. They're going to be knocking on that door. Hello, Mr. Holt, open up. Open up, Houston police. Nah. I'm good. All right, all right. Man, this is, yeah, this is a lot of information. Okay. <laughs> Can't believe they said this part. Hey, listen to this, guys. All right, so remember, this is Amnesty International. It's from their website. If you wanna, if you wanna know where I got it from, this t- this Google gun violence in America, and this will be one of the top one, top five probably. Quote: Co- Open carrying of firearms in public, in some form, is currently allowed in forty five states. In only seven states are people required to provide a credible justification or demonstrated need to carry a concealed firearm. In all 50 states in Washington, so that's the District of Columbia or Washington, D.C., allow for some form of concealed carrying of firearms in public. Well, they're right about that. Um, that. What they just quoted, what I just quoted is exactly right. 
And you know what? We don't need to provide justification. <laughs> they, I'm telling you, like, this was why it was so interesting when I was doing research because it's, it's really, really interesting and kind of cool. Well, cool and frustrating at the same time to kind of look at, like, the opinion of outs people outside of the United States. Now, I'm sure, you know, Amnesty International is obviously Amnesty International. It's international. But I'm sure the people who wrote this maybe are United or citizens of the U.S. or whatever, but it's an international feel, culture to it. And they just do not understand why people need guns. They just don't get it because they don't have a constitution that allows us to protect ourselves and protect our families, to protect our businesses, to protect our property. They don't have anything written down that allows this, the ordinary citizen to defend themselves. There's nothing in their constitutions in whatever founding um, document that they have that gives them specific rights. Right, they're all. They, a lot of these countries depend on the government to protect the people. We don't depend or need the government to protect us. That is why the Second Amendment is in there. The founders, what they wanted to do, and if you want to know more about the Second Amendment, the like, no, I think episode number two is entitled "What Is the Second Amendment?" Right, what it is and what it isn't. I think I don't know something like that. The founders wanted to guarantee. Right, I'm not going to go on a long. So I'm a history major. I went to college and went, uh, had a history, um, studied history. I'm not going to go on a history rant. But so the founders put that in there because they wanted to ensure that the power of the federal government was curved by the citizens, by the citizens. Okay. Meaning that the government can never get too cocky. They can never get too oppressive. They can never get too tyrannical because the founding document allowed for ordinary people to have arms to arm themselves if necessary because England if it wasn't for the American colonists um, self-reliance the fact that they were armed mostly to hunt and mostly to defend themselves against native tribes and you know various threats you know whether it be bears or wolves whatever you know wildlife whatever okay so they were already armed so the, the founders were like, man, we got to make sure that people stay armed because what we don't want, what we didn't want is the Brits coming in and taking all our stuff, right? Kicking in our doors, uh, putting their, uh, their red coats in our houses and just like taking over. The red coats used to kick their houses, in, kick their doors in whenever they wanted and just come in there and search just for no reason. And kick the family out and okay, okay, we're staying here for the night. Like, well, this is my house. Well, well, we have order from King George, so find somewhere else to stay. The the founders are like, that can't happen here. I don't care. I know we're we're talking about our own government, but that can't happen. So these countries and these folks outside of us who write that, oh, there's no justification. We have our look at our history. There's plenty of freaking justification for uh, the Second Amendment. So and look at the world. I'm not gonna go into that, but that's a different subject. Okay. So there's a whole freaking, there's a whole uh, segment um, entitled How Are Discrimination and Gun Violence Connected in the USA? Before we get into that, we're going to do a quick break. We are already at 32 minutes. God bless you. Hold on. Hold tight. Hold your horses. Go get a drink of water. Go to the bathroom. Don't break the seal. Okay, we'll be back in a flash. Ape.
Alright guys, are you back? Did you guys get your snacks? Did you did you go to the bathroom? Did you run and take your dog out so they had to go to the bathroom? <laughs> I promise I won't keep you that much longer. I'm only going to talk, there's one last portion, we're going to talk about it a little bit. How are discrimination and gun violence connected? So this is, remember, this is from the Amnesty International website, okay? So this is the liberal side of this of uh, the gun violence issue and i think next time i'm gonna do a look some stats from their um their perspective as well i have a few here but i'll save that for next time okay 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 all right, all right. we are back y'all as my wife would say y'all i love her accent y'all southern draw all right so this is a direct quote from my people, from my, my homies at the Amnesty International. In the USA, firearm homicide disproportionately impacts African-American communities. We already talked about this, actually. Particularly young black men. 14,542 people in the USA lost their lives in gun homicides in 2017. African-Americans accounted for 58.5% of the nationwide, of the nationwide deaths despite making up just 13% of the population. I hate reading stats like that. Um, it's, it's tough to hear that because it's true. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that dog barking. God, I hate that little dog. Dang it. Anyway, um, and it's true, and we talked about this, like I think in the beginning of the podcast, right? So we talked about how kind of a lot of firearm deaths are disproportionately represented in different parts of the country and urban communities are heavily minority um and a lot of those that gun violence is is concentrated in very very poverty stricken communities within those urban centers so it's a community within a community okay and uh that's a no-go i mean it's Amnesty International is, you know, exactly right. They're, they're correct. And it's a definitely affecting minorities way, way more. And it's a horrible statistic. And it's true. The issue, though, the solution is, is not gun legislation. I, I think they're wrong on that. If, if that's what they're trying to say, if they're trying to say, like, oh, you know, uh, guns are killing more black men than anything else in this country. Let's restrict guns more. I, I, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, like how is it? How could more gun legislation stop these these killings, these homicides? Most of these homicides are gang related homicides. They have to deal with criminal activity. Okay, because a lot of people when they're either they're getting killed themselves while committing a crime or or hurting and you know murdering an innocent person in person in the commission of a crime in order to either a you know gain um get money to feed their family or fuel an addiction which is another problem right drugs high crime rate um institutionalization of the black man in the or the black and brown man in those communities um, the, the failure of the public education system to keep these kids in school and, and engaged, the lack of funding for the community, for community um, activism, for, for uh, community centers, after school activities, 
the lack of fathers in the home because of the high freaking arrest rates and the high uh, incarceration rates. I can go on and on and on. Criminal justice is definitely a passion. Criminal justice reform. And it's... the uh, Remember, guns are, are objects. They're tools. Okay? They are tools. They are not evil tools. They are evil when used by an evil person. They're evil when used to hurt someone else but the same tool can be used to save a life to protect life to get someone out of a life or death situation so take away the okay oh no guns are allowed you think that's gonna stop you think great britain you, great, guns are not common in great britain for normal people no one has them Guess who has guns in Great Britain? The criminal gangs. Some odd reason, guns are illegal in England, but guess who has them? The people who want to hurt other people. It just... I just don't understand how that makes sense. I think guns are an easy kind of scapegoat for a lot of times. You know... And yes, you know, and it is true, right? I'm going to acknowledge... The truth of both sides, like I did last time, I acknowledge the truth of the conservative side and the kind of the fallacy of the conservative side. I'm going to acknowledge the truth of the liberal side and the fallacy. They're right. It's killing a lot of people. There are way too many gun deaths in this country. They are exactly right. They are. They have hit the nail on the head as far as what what is doing to this country. It's really killing a lot of young folks a lot of young people who really never had a chance and it's sad I mean we need to address everything as a whole gun violence should be part of the broader conversation okay but honestly if we improve certain other things first we'll see those gun deaths drop off I guarantee you <laughs> guarantee it we're like we package things together as a whole like economic stimulus like getting jobs into those communities like improving these schools flooding money in these schools re you know reducing sentences when deserved nonviolent offenses to not be going to jail for five to ten years for a nonviolent offense I mean there's a whole lot, a lot of stuff you can do get these fathers back into the communities get these male figures back to restore freaking order that will reduce I'm not going to go on a rant about criminal justice, but it's just, it's a passion of mine and it really means a lot to me. Someone who looks like me, you know, I'm not a racial you know person. I don't talk about race a whole lot, but I want to see people win. I want to see people happy and successful and using guns to commit crimes because they need money to feed their kids or because they need drug to pay back a drug dealer. They need money because they, they took out <laughs> too much product and they can't get back is, is a terrible thing. All right, man. I think I ran it a little bit more this this podcast, but I mean, you know, I wanted to be entertaining too and fun and be natural. I'm not. I, I refuse to read off a teleprompter. Most this most of this is unscripted. I don't I don't script anything. So I read stats as I see fit, um, and then we go. I go off off the top like a freestyle. Ever seen a rap city? The big ticket in the basement. How he freestyles and stuff. Check him out. YouTube it. Look up Rap City the Basement. Big Tig. Anyway, this is your host, Chase H. Thank you so much for listening. 
Oh, I forgot this. Our sponsors, man. I'm new at this. Bravo Consumer Holsters, the best holsters on the market. Check them out. Inside the waistband, outside the waistband. Tactical belts, mag pouches. Use code 810-APE10 at checkout to get 10% off. We also got USCCA, baby. The United States Concealed Carry Association. Best Second Amendment organization in the country, okay? Check them out. I'm, in a mem- I'm a member. I'm an elite member. My wife's a member. The NRA are old news. They're a bunch of old freaking fogies. Check out USCCA. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's pod. Uh, pod. I promise we're going to be gu- done with the guns for a little while. And we're going to talk about really cool stuff. After this, um, so the next episode is on Saturday. After that episode, we're going to go into some cool stuff. The ancient battlefield arts of Japan. Okay, we're going to dive into that. It's a huge subject, but we're going to break it into small pieces, okay? God bless you. Stay safe. Remember, put God first. Put your family first. Train hard. Get after it. Ape. Oh, yeah. All beats by Mr. Organic Dope, my boy. Let's rock out. Take you on a high note, baby. Go Astros. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Love you guys. Please keep a lookout for our Patreon page. Man, we're launching next Monday, all right? 11 1 21. Patreon. We have three tiers. It's a three tier system. I'll be putting more information out about it soon, okay? Best instruction you can get, cheapest price, man. Whew, I'm telling you. You think our IG videos are good? It's nothing compared to this. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Remember, stay positive, guys.